0: Hello and welcome back to the Pulpit to Pew podcast and our journey through the Bible this year. And today we are anchored down in Genesis 16 through 24, and we're going to see the faith and the foolishness of Abraham and some of his family. Let's get started. Well, hello again, friends. Welcome back. What a journey it's been so far. We have finished up the book of Job. I hope that you were with us for that. I wrote about that on Monday. I wrote a piece about God speaking and we saw how God spoke to Job. God spoke to Job's friends. We saw how God rewarded Job and God rebuked Job's friends and then we came back into the land of Genesis and we began to look at Abraham. And we got introduced to Abraham. And Abraham is kind of the focal point today. As I've said before, as we're going through this journey, I'm learning as I go. I'm trying to tweak and figure out how to go about this. To tell you the truth, the teacher in me is struggling with it because like today, I'm covering Genesis 16 through 24. There, You could have hundreds of sermons and lessons from... From that passage, and yet I'm doing an overview, and so we're gonna we're gonna get into some details a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna answer a question I got this morning from one of the 19 that are reading along with us on the U version plan. You can still do that if you would like. You could just jump right in where you're at, finish up late. It's no big deal. We've even had some jump in late. We get some good comments on there. Sometimes I hesitate to comment on there just because I know I've got to keep mine for the podcast or my writing, but. But I'm going to more. But I had a question this morning, actually from my daughter, my oldest daughter, who is reading along, and I'm going to try to answer that as we go. So let's just pick up. We were introduced Monday when we anchored down in Genesis on Monday. We were introduced to Abraham, and I mentioned that Abraham is going to be a key figure throughout the whole entire Bible. He's a patriarch. He is the father of the Jews. And you remember even Jesus in his earthly ministry the time that he got some of the Pharisees some of the most the most angry is when he said before Abraham was I am. See they looked at Abraham as the father the godfather of the Jews. I mean you don't talk about him and and Jesus was claiming to be greater than him and to be around when he was around and that upset them when they picked up stones. But when we study Abraham's life, yes, he's known as some commentators as the friend of God he had a special walk with god he did have a rich faith talked about in hebrews chapter number 11 talked about in romans chapter number 4 galatians it's talked about he's talked about throughout the whole bible and so i i don't want to skip over this section cuz i'm trying to this year give us an overview of the bible and early on we may say well, i'm kind of familiar with that well wait till you get to the kings and wait till we get to the minor prophets but but Abraham is a figure you can't miss. He's the father of the Jews. And he received a promise from God that he, his seed, from his seed, would be a great nation. We know that nation today, thousands of years later, to be the Jews. Abraham was going to be the father of them Jews. But he got impatient. and That's where we saw in our reading, starting in really in chapter 16, Sarah got impatient. They were growing old and were unable to have children, and they'd been trying for years and and not having children, and so Sarah said to him, take my servant Hagar. They were trying to do something that we often do as Christians, and they were trying to work out a better plan for God. I don't know in their mind, they probably wouldn't have said this, but it's like God has failed us. God has forgotten us. He is not followed through with his promise and so let's take things into our own hands and they did and it caused a lot of turmoil and a lot of problems and you know what the same thing happens today when we don't simply just trust God read his word obey his word trust his word when we don't do that we bring and we invite chaos to our lives that's kind of what happened because then after the even though this was Sarah's plan and Abraham decided to go along with it, wrong of Abraham, wrong of Sarah, then once it works, Sarah gets upset and wants to throw out Hagar and is upset with this child. This child's name is Ishmael. I find it interesting that Abraham was about 86 years old when Ishmael was born. I can't get sidetracked on a little side study I did. But no one was really wowed at the fact that an 86-year-old had a kid. And so really only, what, 14 years later, he's going to have a kid again. And it's like, it's a wow, how are we going to do this? Um, I've had to read into to try to answer that. I can't get sidetracked on it. But one of me, part of me believes that maybe that time period was extended and and 100 wasn't expected, I guess. Or it could just be that they Sarah had went so long, they're just surprised. But... That's something for you to study, but he was 86 when Ishmael was born, but it caused some problems, but it caused problems. Let me say this. I don't have time to get too sidetracked, but let me say this. Do you realize that that birth then, thousands of years later, still causes problems today? The ripple effects still happen today. All of the chaos and turmoil over in the, the Middle East, do you realize that is two nations, the nation of Isaac, who we're going to see later today, and the nation of Ishmael fighting the Jews and those that are not Jews, those that were from Ishmael fighting thousands of years later because of this decision they made. So a quick application for us today is this. You can choose your sins, but you can't choose your consequences. You can reap what you sow, but you reap more than you sow. And in their case, they're reaping thousands of years later after they've sown so sin is nothing to play around with so Abraham's a friend of God he receives a great promise of God God's chosen people would come from his seed but he wasn't perfect and we see in our studies as I'm now beginning to kind of skim two times in our reading this time he lied about the exact same thing his wife oh he tried to justify it and say well she's half-wife he lied to protect himself he did not trust God and and God had to intervene and there's a, I've preached a message on that before and there's a great lesson in that I believe that but, but God intervened inter, inter, intervened that sounded really good God intervened and he protected the king in that case from doing something and then they had to rebuke Abraham God's person. And so he wasn't perfect. We saw him lie a couple times. We've saw what happened with Ishmael, we've described that. But there's some special moments that Abraham had, like in chapter 18 when two heavenly visitors come, two angels. They begin to let him know that God is going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah had grown very wicked. God was going to destroy them, and Abraham began to pray. And he interceded. It's what we call intercessory prayer. And he began to intercede on the behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah. And he was asking God to spare them. And he started praying, God, if you just find 50 righteous, would you spare them? And God said, if there's 50 righteous there, I will spare them. And there wasn't. They got all the way down to 10. Now, you got to remember, Lot's nephew, or excuse me, Abraham's nephew, Lot, lived there with his children and his sons-in-law. If all of them, according to depending on how you see how many daughters he had, which we'll get to in a minute, but if all of them would have just been righteous, God would have spared it, but they weren't but Abraham prayed for them. But then when we got to chapter 19, the angels came to visit Lot to prepare him and warn him that God is going to destroy this place. And there's a gross scene, an absolutely gross scene in two ways. Number one, the men of the town who were homosexuals. I know that people, that's not politically correct. And I know that people want to try to avoid that But they come and they said they wanted to know the men. The the word know doesn't mean they want to sit down and have coffee and get to know them. It was a sexual term back then, just like when Adam knew his wife Eve and she conceived. They wanted to commit sexual acts that were improper. Were there other sins in that town too? Yes, to be fair, there were many sins in that town. One of the dominant ones was homosexuality, and God was going to destroy them. And they wanted, just these two angels, they wanted to take them and commit Sodomy, wrong acts to them. But then the other thing that just breaks my heart is what Lot said. He said, take my two daughters. They've not yet known a man. Lot was willing to give of his daughters to these perverted men. And it just shows us this, that when we allow ourselves to become a part of the culture to become a part of the environment around us. It corrupts our thinking. Now, the Bible tells us in, in in later on in the epistles that Lot was a just man. His position with God was just. So what we would call today terminology, he was a believer, but boy, was he backslidden. And boy, did he live in a wicked area, and he lost his family. Now, the question I got this morning was from my daughter, Mariah, and she said, Isn't it kind of weird that it says that Lot's daughters had not known a man, but yet they were married because it says that Lot had son-in-laws? And I thought, good question. So I began to dig a little bit, and there's two explanations for it, two theories that people have. Either, number one, that Lot had four daughters. Two daughters were not married, and two daughters were married. And then when you get to chapter 19, I think in verse 15, it says, In the morning there arose, then the angels hastened, saying, Arise, take thy wife and thy two daughters, which are here. So he had two daughters that were there with him, and the other two daughters would have been with their son-in-laws. And so one theory is that he had four daughters, and he took the two that were unmarried with him. The other theory is that he had two daughters, but they were betrothed, Which we know about the betrothal period. In the betrothal period, you're legally bound by by payment, but you've not been physically you've not consummated the marriage yet. The the son in laws that would be out preparing a place. Now that's a theory that could be. Um, It's likely that he had four daughters though. But it was a good question, and I like those questions. Um, And so I don't want to spend tons of time on the podcast on those because they're just like, eh, what about this or what about that but it is a good question to ask. And so he, Lot, though his two daughters, Lot and his wife, leave his wife's heart is in Sodom. She looks back, turns into a pillar of salt. Jesus talks about that in the New Testament. His daughters go with him, and in another grotesque scene, they say, hey, we're all going to die here. They're thinking the whole world's coming to an end. We don't have any children. And they commit incest with their father, and they end up having children. You can just see how sin spirals, sin corrupts your thinking. Here his own daughters are thinking something perverse because Lot chose to live amongst sin. Now, I'm not saying on this podcast that we cannot live amongst sin. I go to work every day, and I'm amongst sinners. I myself am a sinner. I, You go to work, you go to the store, you can't avoid it but you don't have to allow it to become a part of your life and a part of your family because inside this home, you can have rules. And so it's just, it's it's heartbreaking to see this scene. I know I'm going over it somewhat fast, but it is very heartbreaking to see what is going on here with Lot's family, Abraham's nephew. And Lot at one point had it all. He was learning underneath God's man, Abraham, but he chose Sodom and he's lost his family at this point. And and then we come back to chapter 20, and we're in seeing Abraham again. And I've already mentioned it, but Abraham lies again about his wife. This is the second time. But then in chapter 21, finally Sarah conceives, and she has Isaac, the promised son. God kept his word. He always was going to, and God has kept his word, and, and Isaac is born. They at first Sarah just casts out Hagar, but I love this is a tender scene here where God speaks to Hagar, and he comforts her, and he says, from your seed it's going to be a great nation. That's got to be a great comfort to Hagar. Now, he didn't tell her, hey, they're going to be fighting for thousands of years. They're going to be fighting even in 2023. He didn't tell her all that. He just said, your son's going to have a great nation, which was a badge of honor. And he comforted her when she was an outcast. And then in chapter 22 is a big chapter, and I'll kind of talk about this one and kind of probably briefly over the next two, because as I'm recording this, we haven't even officially read them yet. But chapter 22 is a big chapter, because in chapter 22, we see, again, Abraham's faith, and God is going to test him. God often tests our faith to grow our faith, to increase our faith. And God says to him, here is Abraham with the promised seed, the promised son, and he says to him, hey, go and offer him as a sacrifice thinking, what? You want me to offer my son as a sacrifice? But he obeys. He doesn't question God. He obeys. He goes. Isaac obeys and goes. I think he's close to a teenager at this point. And they go up in this beautiful scene. You will read it, or if you haven't read it, and you're following along on the podcast, Isaac gets all the way down to the altar. Abraham lifts up that knife and is going to kill him, and he is stopped by God. And there's a ram in the thicket. And he takes of that ram and and sacrifices it. But the faith of Isaac, the faith of Abraham here, this is a climax moment for Abraham in Abraham's faith. God is working in his life. After this, we see Sarah dies in chapter 23. And Isaac now is going to graduate to finding a wife. And they're going to send in chapter 24, and they're going to find Isaac a wife. And why am I saying all of this? Well, one, it's in our reading. We've anchored down here. But number two is this. Isaac is going to continue that promise from God. God gave a promise to Abraham. And then he says to I'm not only your seed, so Isaac is now going to carry on that promise. And it's important in the narrative of the Bible as we continue in this journey, it's important to understand and to see God keeping his promise through every child of the descendant of Abraham. Now, my dogs are getting ready to start barking at the Amazon guy, and it's and it's causing me to get really distracted as I'm reading this. But as we see, God is keeping his word. God is keeping his promise. Isaac is now going to have a wife. He's going to meet Rebecca in a very neat way that I may come back to and revisit later. But he's, a servant goes and finds Rebecca and brings her and God is continuing the narrative of the story, and really the narrative of the Jews' history. And so I hope that as you're reading down through this, and as we're following along, that you really, you take note of some of the people that God is using, and and you take note that the fact that they're not perfect. They're sinners like you. They're sinners like me. But they're growing in their faith, and God is using them, and God does love them. And The same is true for you. It's not like, hey, well, the Bible's done. It's finished, Revelation, so he's not really using anybody today. No, God is still using people today. God wants to use you at your workplace. He wants to use you in your home. God wants to use you in your family. But if we become like Lot and allow ourselves to become so consumed with the culture, the sinful culture of this world, we'll lose our family. We'll lose everything. And the consequences of that sin will ripple down for years. We don't know how long. Abraham and Sarah had no idea we'd still be dealing with it thousands of years later. We never know. So today, as I get ready to pull up the anchors and continue on in this journey through the Bible, I kind of feel a little heavy about the sin that we read about. But there were some good moments. Abraham praying, great moment for Sodom. Abraham offering his son, not questioning God. I don't know that I could do that. Great moment. But there were some heavy moments too. And you know what? Here's what I kind of sit back and think. In my life, there's been some wonderful moments of faith. And there's also been some moments of foolishness. Faith and foolishness. But I'm so thankful that we have a God who's forgiving and who loves us. Well, I'm going to go kill my dogs for barking during my podcast. If you can hear it on here, you guys have a great rest of the week. We'll be back Monday on the newsletter. You can sign up at bradmcclurr.org and we're going to continue this journey together. We're on some great passages now. We're going to get to some difficult ones later. Let's stick with it. Join us on version. Love to see you there. Have a great week.